You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition. We're getting into Matt Williamson's positional rankings. And by the way, you can follow along to a lot of these at profootballnetwork.com. They should be live at Pro Football Network before we do the show, so you can follow along. You can go read more of his explanations as we go through the top 25 per position here, uh, starting on the offensive side of the ball with running backs on today's program. This episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your next order. At BD Peacock is where you can find me, Matt. You can find at WilliamsonNFL on Twitter. And by the way, tomorrow we're getting back into, we've skipped a couple of Twitter Tuesdays when we're doing our post-draft breakdown. So we're back at it, at BD Peacock, at WilliamsonNFL, if you want to get involved in tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday episode. Matt, how do we want to preface preface this thing with your top 25 running backs? Are we going 25 to 1? And I believe you are not including rookies yet in these rankings, correct? Right. I always give myself strict rules, just like I do with power ranks. You know, power ranks are how good is your team right this second? Not, you know, who do I think someone, you know, the Super Bowl, how good are you right now? And I'm doing the same thing with running backs and all the position groups for that matter. I didn't do a just missed list, but there were guys like Naheem Hines, Leonard Fournette, or to give you some example, Kenyon Drake that didn't make my top 25, but got oh. consideration. I'm not going to include rookies. I think that's too much of a jump. I need to see at least some NFL play before I compare ATN or Harris to Miles Sanders. You know, I just think, yeah. don't think that's fair to the incumbents. Yeah, that was really hard with tight ends. I mean, I wanted to put Kyle Pitts in my top 25 tight ends, right. but couldn't. If, so, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't because it's against your rules, but Matt, I don't play by the rules. I don't have rules, so I'm going to plug in where I think the rookies should go in your list. How I like that? it. I like it. And I mentioned you this off the air for my Steeler show, which th- that's too Steeler centric for what we're doing here. We went through this list on Friday and we kind of did the comparison. Would you trade this guy for Najee Harris? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, not yet. You know, those type of things. So I think that's one way of looking at it. Obviously, at these three positions, as well as quarterback, but quarterbacks are a little different for that regard. There is some fantasy implications. This is not, you know, my guess of how many fantasy points they're going to score this year, but I'd be, you know, crazy to say that I'm blind to the, you know, the obvious parallels there. And, you know, I think this is a perfect segue to jump into this list, starting at 25, counting them up to your top running back to start this 2021 season. And this is why you don't want to project too hard for rookie players because you never know how they're going to look. And this was a guy that you that a lot of people would probably think, oh, this guy might be a top 10 running back in the league because he was a first round running back. And that's what you expect to get last year. Number 32 overall to the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs at the time of the draft comes in at number 25 for you here. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, I mean, he went like sixth overall in all of your fantasy drafts. You right. know, like the, the buzz was obviously too much for this guy. And it seems like a million years ago, but Thursday night, the champs are hosting the, you know, the, the first opening game of the year. He put up really big numbers and everyone thought, wow, you know, this is you know, a home run player. Well, his season really decreased from there, which is the total opposite of all the other rookie running backs. Think of all the Dobbins and Akers and guys we're going to get to who started very slow 
because there was no preseason. And a lot of us, myself at the top of the list, thought, boy, running backs going to be plug and play without the preseason with a goofy you know, uh, schedule last year. But it wasn't because coaches didn't trust them yet in protection. Where Edwards Hilaire was the opposite. He got thrown right in and honestly showed that he's not very good in protection. He's not very good in short yardage. But like from a fantasy angle, I'm going to be attacking this guy now because I think his stock has dropped. He's still in a great situation. Um, I, I still have hope, but I wasn't very impressed with his rookie year. Yeah, and he could be still that dynamic playmaker that we saw in week one. And there's a reason they drafted him in the first round and involved in the sure. passing game. And I, I think you're right. He went from being overvalued as a rookie to now being potentially undervalued. You might be able to sneak in and steal Clyde Edwards Hilaire in your fantasy redraft league so that's a very important point there uh, we don't have time to go you know two or three minutes on every single player here sure. so i'm gonna lump a few together here outside of your top 20 25 was clyde edwards hilaire 24 damian harris from the new england patriots very different style player than hilaire uh antonio gibson washington football team at 23 feels low but we haven't gone through the rest of this list yet we will find out momentarily 22, Raheem Mostert from the San Francisco 49ers, a starting running back for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Usually he's going to be a top 20 player, so interesting to see him at 22. But looks like a committee is on its way to San Francisco's backfield. And then James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just spent a first-round draft pick on a running back, or did they? Word from Jaguars rookie minicamp, ATN was being worked out exclusively as a wide receiver. I find that odd. <laughs> I just really do. But I wonder if this is Percy Harvin part two, you know, for Urban Meyer. And I would understand that because Robinson could certainly handle the every down duties and the early down duties. Um, I have a feeling when it's all said and done, ATN is going to go to the running back room more than he goes to the wide receiver room. But we'll see. I mean, it's it's an interesting development that certainly keep our eye on. It's, it's not a bad plan to get ATN better at receiving the football, but I agree with you. Yeah. He's a running back who you're hoping can add value in the passing game. He's not a receiver. He's not Percy Harvin. He's never been that guy, and I know the Jaguars has been reported now that they wanted Kadarius Toney in the first round. He wasn't there, so they went with ATN. I think that's forced trying to make him be a quote-unquote wide receiver because he's not that, but if he can be a running back that's as dynamic as he is and get better and better in the passing game because he wasn't that necessarily in college, but he did improve. If he can continue to prove on that, like that's fine. He's, you know, put him at wide receiver all you want, but once he's actually in games, he's a running back who could help you out in the passing game, not the other way around. Exactly. And like Tony, I'm sure he'll get his share of jet sweep motions and handoffs and things like that, manufactured touches. But I also want to see him line up, you know, and, and run traditional runs, which actually brings me to one player. We just we glanced over Antonio Gibson's sort of similar. Yeah. Like, I think he's going to be much higher on this list a year from now, but he had growing pains as a rookie. And this is a perfect example of judging the players where they are last time I saw them. And it's interesting, a couple of players there. James Robinson, the team drafts a running back in the first round. Melvin Gordon, the team drafts a running back very high for the Denver Broncos there in Javante Williams. Uh, De DeAndre Swift, there was a crowded backfield. They got rid of one of their running backs uh, in Detroit and DeAndre Swift. It's interesting because most of the season he was behind Clyde Edwards-Lair and had a nice little run at the end of the year, which makes you feel pretty good about it. Another rookie at 18, 
J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens, who might be the best of last year rookie running backs and, again, had a really good second half of the year. And when he's the guy guy, uh, I, I think you, you should look out with how much and how good the Baltimore Ravens are running the ball. Yeah, I, I think Gordon's stock is declining quickly, but I think Swift and Dobbins could be six and seven on this list next year. You mean, like, I really liked what I saw, but again, I'm going to sort of like the Gibson argument, like we saw some really good things from those two and I would love to have them over some of these players on the list that I've ranked ahead of them, but that doesn't mean they're better football players right this second. You know, I think Swift and Dobbins could have huge years and huge careers. Dobbins, Swift too, probably and Antonio Gibson. I would play the stock market game with them and draft them over some of the players that are coming up next on your list between 17 and and one Matt Williamson's top 25 running backs to start 2021. Hey, NFL fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafit, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. And if you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. Text the word DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231, message and data rates may apply. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no, watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. And best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. Grow your wealth. Do it the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. All you need to get started is $500 and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's Wealthfront, W-E-A-L-T-H-F-O-R-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNFL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. Get started today. Okay, coming in at number 17 on your top 25 running backs, Matt, is Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery. After him, Kareem Hunt, a backup running back in Cleveland. So you've got backups ahead of some of these young, really talented starters on your list. I mean, I think Hunt's a special backup who had great success early in his career, took a strange career path, I mean, which was all fault of his own, obviously, with off-the-field things. Montgomery's not a guy I didn't really want to love, and I guess him and Hunt are similar. Much better receivers than given credit for, and very sturdy, all-around backs that can handle workloads. I, I thought Montgomery's year was a heck of a lot better than he was given credit for last year. 
selfishly, I want to see Kareem Hunt back in another uniform on another team yeah, and, and yeah. carry the load and see what that looks like because he was on that trajectory early in his career and obviously screwed that up for himself. But, man, that one-two in Cleveland is ridiculous and it's going to be a little bit before I think we see uh, Nick Chubb, who is the number one running back for those Cleveland Browns. But if your starter goes down... There's not much better than uh, Kareem Hunt as a number two guy that can absolutely carry the load and do everything in the passing game and the running game that you want for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, both those guys are hard to knock off their pins, too. Really good Mm -hmm. contact balance. Yes, contact balance. Some contact balance for Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks at 15. And when I was looking at your list, this was sort of the point where I was thinking, man, okay, top 15, I would take Dobbins. I would take Swift. I would take... Antonio Gibson, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, just play in the stock market. They're going to be better. Maybe they're not today right now. Maybe they weren't to end the season the last time we saw these guys on the field. But by midseason, by week one even, by the end of the season certainly, uh, they got to be better than Chris Carson. That's the vibe I get from these guys. Yeah, I hear you saying. And I don't think he's long for this world, very violent running style. I think he fits the Seahawks, Pete Carroll, Marshawn Lynch mold. You know, when you dig into these, and numbers aren't everything, I was a little shocked that he caught 37 passes in each of the last two years, and he scored nine touchdowns three years in a row. Like, there's some consistency there that's not blow you away, see you on Center, but what he does isn't easy to find. He's such a perfect Seahawks running back, yeah. too. And now that he's entrenched there, it's going to be really hard for another running back to take carries from him because I can see Pete Carroll being like, ah, oh, sleeping well at night, thinking, okay, good. I've got this guy. The reasons you just mentioned that I've got my running back, Chris Carson. I can trust him. He runs in the style that I want him to run in, and they feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he is. And, and, they, and their money backs it up. They re-signed him pretty quickly. Another, another former first-round running back here for the Las Vegas Raiders is Josh Jacobs and this is interesting Jacobs did produce over 1300 yards in each of his first two seasons here is what you put in the write-up which surprises me because I thought there was a little bit more up and down to his game but some consistency there when you look at what he was able to do as a receiver and a passer and they did bring in some insurance with Kenyon Drake there so what are your thoughts on on Josh Jacobs here at 14? I really like and respect his style. I think he's incredibly tough, a gamer, but the evidence is too strong against him that no coaching staff trusts him. Like at Bama coming out, uh, never was a full-time guy, but he's at Bama. So, of course, there's other great backs. Early in his career, didn't get the third down work or the receptions you'd want to Leon Washington and players like that. Like, he's better than those guys, you know? And then... As soon as it looks like the path is clear for him, they go give Kenyon Drake like $5 million a year. So everyone that's close to him doesn't trust him to be a true workhorse, and he seems to break down. You know, we kind of talked about this with Carson. I don't know if Josh Jacobs is going to have a long career either, but boy, I like the way he plays. And it's probably smart when you look at it through that lens to bring in someone like Kenyon Drake, who's a different style of running back, and not give Josh Jacobs every touch, right? And so you can filter those two running backs in and maybe keep them both healthy and have a better running back group because of it. I imagine. I mean, I think that's the logic behind it, but it almost seems like he should be the David Johnson, Lev Bell, just run him into the ground, never take him off the field, use him in the passing game type and move on, get another one five years later. (laughs) Let somebody else give him a second contract. 
Yeah, right, right. Uh, that's pretty much the way to play it for most running backs, in my opinion. Yeah, get, get the most you can out of them while they're still young and spry and have those fresh legs and then let somebody else pay them. I agree, it's, I agree. Uh, it, it's, and it hurts me, and, and I don't like that that's the way it is, but that's just the way it is for running backs in the NFL. It is, and brings us to, an, I mean, we're not going to include rookies, but you know, another Bama guy that I think is going to get that workload in Pittsburgh is, is Harris. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather have Harrison Jacobs, knowing what I know about Jacobs. Right, and this is that area where it's starting to look, yeah, okay, yeah. the guys above Josh Jacobs on this list, it includes a rookie from last year and Cam Akers coming up next year at 13. This is the area where ATN, Harris, Javante, I think this is where you start to say, I might, I, I might roll the dice on those guys, and you might end up with the worst player, but I might roll the dice here at around 14 and take them over any of the rest of these guys. Yeah, and I think you would when you when you consider workload and all the the, the banging that Jacobs has done at the NFL level. Um, but who's better right this minute? I think at this position is a little easier than others. I th- I think Harris is probably a better player than Jamar Jacobs and maybe some of these other dudes right in this area. I'm not sure I could say that about Williams. I'd probably take Williams over the David Montgomery, Chris Carson neighborhood. Mm-hmm. ATN would probably be in that neighborhood too, but I don't think I could put him over Cam Akers, perhaps. You know, Cam Akers uh, started a little slow. He was banged up early in the year, and then it looked like, oh, is he just going to be a backup all year? And then he exploded on the scene as well, and, and really talented running back, explosive with size. I like Cam Akers a lot, and now that he's the guy, Matthew Stafford there in Los Angeles, I think he can really flourish. Me too. I think he's going to have a monster year. I liked him a lot coming out of school. He, he, poster boy for these rookies that started slow, didn't gain the trust right away, but then took things over. I think it was like the last six games or so. Um, I, every time I do these lists, the same things with power ranks, when I go back and look at them a week later or whatever since I turned them in, I think I'd have Akers over Miles Sanders, who I have ahead of him here on this list. If I could redo it, I think I'd flip-flop those two. Interesting. Okay, so Miles Sanders here at 12, you're just looking at upside. And with Miles Sanders, like he you know, he was behind Saquon Barkley at Penn State for most of his college career. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's, he's so good, complete type of running back, runner, pass catcher, out of the backfield. You can use him in a lot of ways, and he's been successful, but I just don't feel like there's there's like that one thing missing. I don't know if it's just the Eagles' offense or how he's been utilized. I feel like, man, there, is there more, or is this just he's kind of just going to be a, a nice running back? Yeah, I think he's a little bit of a tease, and I think he'd learned a bad habit or two from being behind Saquon that maybe I can bump bump everything to the outside, yeah. try to hit the home run as opposed to do the nitty-gritty and take what you, it's given – and that's hurt Barkley a little bit, but Barkley's more talented than Sanders and gets away with it more at the, the NFL level. I don't know what to think of him. He's another one. You know, they just picked up carry on Johnson. They, uh, they, they, tra- they add a gain. Well, like, I don't think teams view him as an every down workhorse and that's not the end of the world. I mean, it, it, find out what they do and use them properly. Um, he teases you, but we also, fail to recognize this with Carson Wentz and the other Eagles skills guys. I mean, the offensive line injuries that Philadelphia has dealt with over the last two years are remarkable. 
Uh, a player that can give you a lot on offense, Austin Eckler, coming back from a pretty big injury and uh, just showing that he's a, a dude dude. And uh, undersized sort of a player that you wouldn't expect to be able to carry a load, but he can do that for you, and he's so dynamic coming out of the backfield as a pass catcher as well. Uh, he had 92 catches in 2019 out of the backfield. He had 54 catches last year out of the backfield. Field, so not quite the the usage and not quite the numbers he had the year before. But man, I really like Austin Eckler a lot, and, and he's proven he could be more of a workhorse than I thought he would be able to. Yeah, I don't have a lot more to add to that except for going forward, and this is more of a fantasy note, with Joe Lombardi coming over from the Saints to coordinate this offense, I think Eckler equals Kamara in terms of usage or in Lombardi's eyes. He's going to be a lot of easy throws for Herbert. Uh, the line's much improved. I mean, none of those things are Eckler traits. You know, they're just, you know, things going forward that's changed around him. But I think it sets up really well for him the next year or two. I still think there's going to be a lot more competition for him at, uh, you know, just just getting pure carries as far mm -hmm. as the, that Los Angeles Chargers offense goes with Austin Eckler. And in the end, that's going to keep him down and out of that top 10 range, which he is right now for you here at 11 overall, which is where this is probably the area where I would say, okay, Najee Harris, this is as high as I could maybe put him is in that 11 range because he can't go over any of these other guys because this is where we're getting into the stud range here next. Matt Williamson's top 10 running backs in the NFL for 2021. How have win totals changed in your mind for NFL teams following? The 2021 NFL Draft at Bet Online, 12 and a half over under for those Kansas City Chiefs, 11 and a half for the team that beat them in the Super Bowl, over under 11 and a half wins for the Tampa Bay Bucks, 10 and a half for the Ravens, the Bills, the 49ers at the bottom end of the spectrum, Texans, four wins is the over under in Houston. Offensive, defensive rookies of the year, NFL. In addition to NFL Futures, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, all the big events, TV events even, reality TV, poker, table games, find it all at betonline.ag. Can't forget horse racing, triple crown, get all the latest odds and info for all your sporting needs. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Go to the website or use the mobile app to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Coming in at number 10, running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe. Mixon, who's had a really interesting career and obviously, you know, uh, well-publicized problems off the field coming out of college, then some injuries. But as far as just physical gifts, he's at the top of the list as far as NFL running backs go. I think so. I think he's a special specimen. And, you know, Saquon, you know spoiler alert, Saquon and McCaffrey are going to be on this list higher up. And they're going to be like the top two or three picks, you know, picks in the draft in your fantasy draft. And we don't hold them missing time against them for that reason, you know. Right. And Mixon missed a lot of time, had very little around them, you know, probably less around them than Barkley or McCaffrey. Really started to take over the receiving workload last year, and and that to me is the most promising thing about it. And now Gio, you know, they they moved on from Gio Bernard. I think that's only going to keep trending more in that direction. I think he's a stud. Right, and depending on where he goes in your fantasy football leagues, he's got the opportunity to be running back one in your fantasy league, and he can give you everything. No Gio Bernard, so we're talking receptions. I think that Bengals offense would be smart not to have 
um, Joe Burrow dropping back 45 times per game, you know? And so Joe Mixon, yeah. uh, look out for him this year. Absolutely. Number nine is the last second year player on your list here, Jonathan Taylor, who finished so strong and it reminds me in a lot of ways of Nick Chubb, just some of those big runs for how tall or I mean, how big of a player he is and how uh, you know thick and, and how well put together he is. But he can hit the home run for you. Not a ton of wiggle, but man, we really started to see him get his legs underneath him. I was like, is this going to be another one of those running backs, you know, a big 10 back that just kind of struggles in the NFL with the transition and all of a sudden second half of the year, look out, this guy's uh, this guy's legit. Yeah, uh, you, you nailed it there. You know, super productive in college, super productive once he got his feet under him. He just has the the NFL makeup. And one of the most encouraging things to me, I mentioned Naheem Hines, so I think he's an elite receiving back. Taylor still caught 36 passes last year with Hines in the mix and Taylor not always out there on third downs. And, you know, the receiving game was not exactly his wheelhouse coming out of school. It's not the worst thing in the NFL these days if the team has a really good complimentary running back. In fact, it can help your running back stay healthy as far as your fantasy leagues go, I'm talking about here. Because back in the day, it was like, ah, you know, he's not getting every carry. Nobody does anymore. So if you are good and you can catch the ball a little bit and you are the true number one, but then you have another guy that can keep you fresh and come in and help you out, there's there's nothing wrong with that scenario as far as fantasy football leagues go. So Hines can get his with Jonathan Taylor getting his. Um, yeah, love it. And I love the breakout he had at the end of his rookie year. And this might be the yang to that coming up here because Aaron Jones is more of the Naheem Hines, but he gets more snaps than A.J. Dillon, who's closer to Taylor. But... Jones is clearly the man, as is Taylor. They're just different styles. Jones is my eighth. Great player. Just got a lot of money. Maybe they'll regret that as often as the case with running back contracts, but that's not what I'm here to do. I mean, this guy produces in all phases and is a really good football player. Yeah, an even better split there because if you want somebody getting carries, it's probably the the thumper type like, like Dylan there in Green Bay. Uh, unless they're vulturing touchdowns from you, that's never a good thing for yeah. your running back. So, um, but yeah, Aaron Jones is, you know, and I think it's a great sign too for Aaron Jones that they bet on him. I, I thought he was gone for sure with uh, the salary cap issues the Green Bay Packers have. It's like, are they going to pay a running back? And they can filter in another running back and be just fine at that position. And it never seemed like they wanted to put their full trust in him either, which is why I thought for sure he was going to be gone. And I was surprised they gave him that big contract. Yeah, oh, me too. And, Really, the second they drafted A.J. Dillon, I assumed he was gone. You know, I mean, that the long-term plan. But I guess they th thought, you know, Jamal Williams is leaving. We can't lose them both. Um, you know, making a run at things. You know, Rodgers needs every weapon he can get. I mean, I, it, I, don't, I always hesitate to invest in running backs. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's worth it if that's what the market is. You know, Cook and Mixon and... This next guy, they've all signed recent contracts with Caffrey. I think Jones is in that class. And Jones didn't get as much as some of those running backs, right, too, right. which helps. And look, we know he's not going to see the last year of his deal, most likely. And if it's backloaded, whatever, you, you, know, you can cut him after three years of that five-year contract or however many years it was. And it's not a huge deal for you. Uh, Zeke Elliott coming in at number seven. Seems like he drops like kind of one spot every year. I almost, this. I'm not trying to hot take this. I almost put him behind Mixon and maybe even Eckler. Like I, he almost did not fall in my top 10. I was not impressed with Zeke Elliott last year. A lot of fumbles, a lot of fumbles. I think that's fluky. 
but he's had a massive workload. Is this the beginning of the end? I thought Pollard was maybe the better player last year. I mean, it, but he wasn't asked to do as much. Obviously, things changed when Prescott went down. But then I end this, you know, the, the write-up on Elliot here saying, you know, he's on a Hall of Fame pace to his career. I mean, he, I mean, and so it's a little bit of a lifetime achievement award because things you know change pretty quick at the running back position. Right. As long as he's taking care of his body, I think that's key. I think he needs to not be at his heaviest. He needs to be closer yes. to his lightest weight. And you could really see the difference. Pollard just so much more explosive. And Elliott was a, a crazy explosive guy earlier on in his career, which is one of the problems that happens with uh, running backs as they age and they just start to wear down a little bit. So we'll see uh, how much bounce Elliott has in his legs early in the year. I think that'll be pretty telling. He was a tough one for me, yeah. Nick Chubb coming in at number six, the Cleveland Browns running back. It's amazing with a running back who has so much thump to his game, who's built so thickly, can have such rip off such big runs. I, I love watching him play. I considered putting him at one. I, I mean, so the only thing I can say bad about him is he's close to a zero in the passing game. And to me, that's almost more important than run skills. And spoiler alert, Derrick Henry's next at five, and that's the one I've gotten the most heat for. I just think you have to be a massive contributor in the passing game, and I valued that a great deal for this list. Chubb is also running behind the best offensive line in the league, in my opinion, but I think he's the best ball carrier in football right now. You need three yards. Yeah, give me Chubb, and give me Henry if it's the fourth quarter. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Derrick Henry has a profile that I just didn't think was going to work this day and age anymore. And it blows me away because he's doing it at, a, at the craziest level. And I was like, man, okay, is he going to get the ball that many times continually and continue to get better? Like this is, this is like Earl Campbell that we're watching here. This right, is a very right. old school idea that I keep thinking is going to, you know, the wheels are going to fall off, but they haven't. He's remarkable. He's unique. I mean, he, would be a nightmare to play against. Uh, again, I got a lot of heat for having him all the way down at five. He's led the league in rushing two years in a row. I mean, that's his job, and he does it extremely well. I mean, in terms of rushing yards per game, he had over 15 yards more than anyone else in the league. You know, like, uh, he scored 49 touchdowns in his last 45 games. You know, like, uh, he's a freak, and he's going to be one of the best that's ever done what he does. But he's kind of a zero in the passing game. That's why these multifaceted guys, and I'm sure people can figure out who the top four are, got the nudge over Henry and Chubb. Yeah, no. It's not that, 1985. That's, it's completely fair, and you can't just look at rushing yards and yards per carry and all that and, and rank these running backs. But I would buy the argument for Henry and Chubb, one, two, because of their ability to carry the ball and because of the injuries of the guys in front of them. And, and we don't know yeah. exactly what – McCaffrey, Barkley are going to look like. Uh, you have Delvin Cook, though, coming in at number four. The Minnesota Vikings do it all running back. Yes, and Ben, he's the next productive on a per-play, per-game basis behind Henry. Injuries really worry me with this guy going back to Florida State. But, I mean, there's an argument out there that running backs don't matter, and I'm not getting into all that. But they he had one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and they still ran the ball basically better than anybody in the league. You can't tell me that who they handed the ball to didn't matter when they used their, you know, two of their top three picks or whatever on offensive linemen in Minnesota. Cook to me is a remarkable ball carrier who's also obviously a very good receiver. 
Alvin Kamara is the opposite. He's the antithesis yeah, of yeah. Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb because his value is almost completely. I mean, he's a really good running back too, and for being a thinner player, he can really find those cracks and run between the tackles. He's he's a remarkable running back, but his ability is is how good he is out of the backfield and what he can do for an offense there in the passing game. Alvin Kamara coming in at number three for you here. Yeah, mismatches galore. Also on a Hall of Fame pace remarkably steady year after year. I mean, I, I don't think people realize that. I mean, he, his touchdown numbers every year are the same. He catches 81 or more balls every year, you know, and uh, this is used extremely well. I'm wondering how the loss of Breeze will mm-hmm. change him. You know, will, will they not be able to – the accuracy in the short, short, you know, zones. But Sean Payton uses them extremely well. Unbelievable burst and – balance i mean maybe the best balance on this in this list that's the big question how much of Kamara's career is owed to breeze and peyton peyton's still there but breeze not and his numbers did drop with Taysom hill and uh and and we know the profile of Jameis winston how he plays the game it's not a dump the ball off to your running back type of quarterback there no not at all i mean he is a diverse receiver maybe the best receiver on this list and these top three guys are all pretty good in that regard too Okay, number two is New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley, and that means everybody knows that number one here is Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers. How did you break these two up? Was it easy for you with McCaffrey at number one? No. I mean, Barkley to me is on a little bit of thin ice. Like, durability is something that's really important here. He's the best running back prospect I've ever seen coming out of school, with maybe the exception of Adrian Peterson, but Peterson doesn't have anything close to the receiving skills Barkley has. But he needs to be, he needs to fulfill that promise. I mean, you see in a lot of it, but he's also not on the field enough. So um, th- that's the negative on him. But his, his skills are still gave him the nudge over everyone else in the league except McCaffrey. McCaffrey was awesome before his injury last year and was ridiculous the year before. I mean, he had 2,400 yards in 2019. I mean, that's not too far gone. That's crazy. Over a touchdown per game. Uh, yeah, just yeah, money in the bank, and kind of like Kamara, you look at him, you're like, ah, how good is he going to be between the tackles? He's got great vision, great balance. Um, he's got home run speed and such a good receiver. Just a smart, complete running back is Christian McCaffrey. With both Barkley and McCaffrey, you hope that those lower body injuries don't start to hurt their athleticism because then that would really, I think, hurt start to hurt their value, especially with Barkley because so much is wrapped up in his just pure athletic gifts. Yes, and really my last note here is some of these guys at the top aren't maybe as old as you think. You know, I mean, McCaffrey's only 24. Barkley's only 24. Kamar and Cook are in that neighborhood. But it wouldn't shock me at all if Dobbins, Swift, Harris, Taylor are in the top five next year. Like, this is a volatile position. Pretty disappointed, Matt, to, to not see the 38-year-old Frank Gore on your list? Couldn't do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> 38 that is amazing that's unbelievable he man. might share an nfl field with his son that's how old he is right now his kid is uh, currently i think a sophomore in college yeah i think he's supposed to be quite good too fun stuff good list matt there's not too much i could argue with there's a couple of the younger guys I, i'd be buying over some of the guys that we've seen uh how quick those paths 
change in the NFL is always super interesting with me when it comes to running backs and, and how swift declines are for running backs and how quickly young running backs become superstars. And it's going to be fun to watch this rookie class, too, and see where they start to place themselves among this list of top running backs in the NFL tomorrow. Don't forget, get your questions in to me at BD Peacock, tag Matt at Williamson NFL, or go find our tweet asking for questions, uh, anything, whether it's top 25 rankings, NFL drafts, uh, trades, rumors, fantasy, whatever you want to get into. Matt and I are game, and we're going to be doing that every Tuesday, Twitter Tuesday, mailbags, and then <coughs> continuing our lists of top 25 players per position. I guess we'll do wide receivers next on Wednesday. How's that sound, Matt? Yeah, it sounds good. And you mentioned fantasy. I'm definitely going to put fantasy lists together probably, you know, later in the summer when things are all, you know, much quieter. Mm -hmm. But in terms of mailbag questions, in years past, I discouraged fantasy stuff. Bring it on. You know, let's talk fantasy like crazy. It's the season for fantasy football. Yeah, bring it on, too. And some people are already yeah. doing their rookie drafts and their dynasty drafts. And Matt also is involved with the Locked On Dynasty football podcast you can find right, right. here on the network as well. So check that out. And we'll be back tomorrow right here at Peacock and Williamson.